0: We are live with a new edition of the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for Wednesday. We'll hear it on Thursday, October 23rd, 2013, alongside my compadre, Ian Ferguson. Howdy. I'm Pat Contry. How's everyone doing out there? Good? I hope so. How you doing, Ian? I'm good. I'm recovered. Are you, are you 100% recovered from the 4th annual ending of this marathon benefiting the Children's Miracle Network? Yeah, mostly. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I hit my wall uh, yesterday
1: and slept it off and I feel fine today.
0: So it took you two full days afterwards hit the wall? I hit the wall
1: that night. I'm a really bad sleeper. I didn't... I oh, Sunday and Monday were a mess. But uh, yeah, no. Everything was fine after last night.
0: I usually hit the wall that night. Like I said, what, what happened was I, uh, I, I went out with uh, Frank to eat at the Venetian, which has become a tradition to us. Basically, it was common tradition for us to sort of just, you know, convalesce. And Frank's way of contributing to the marathon is to just pay for my Italian uh, dinner, basically nearby. So that's what, that's what he does. But um, yeah, I, I I get through it because right afterwards, at about uh, we ended about two thirty. By four o'clock, I checked the emails. I took a shower. I crashed for a two-hour power sleep, not even a nap at that point. And it's, it's, that's where like you dream instantly. You're out and you're dreaming. Well, you're in dreamland. And so, yeah, I was good. I I sat till about 11 o'clock that night afterwards. And so I have probably 90% recover now. I decided to go to the gym uh, the last few days. Probably not the best idea, but, you know, I figure I was sitting next to you for two days straight eating just breakfast burritos. I'd probably, <laughs> I'd probably gain a few pounds. So, you know. I yeah, usually,
1: uh, after the marathon every year, I go home and I drink beer in the shower. As <laughs> That's I, a hard
0: image for the audience. They don't. They can think about it
1: in a, perfectly fine way. Um, (laughs) but I, I, yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, the past three years, I don't go to bed until like two or three in the morning. Just can't, just can't do it. You're too hopped up on the excitement. No, it's, I don't even know if it's like that. My brain just kind of turns into a carousel and I, you know, just random thoughts come and go and enter and leave. And then uh, usually on Monday morning, I always go to the Old Town House. The Old Town House is who provides us breakfast uh, on Saturdays yeah. and Sundays. Yeah, Old
0: Town House delivers us uh, every Saturday and Sunday for the marathons The past, what, two years? Yeah. They, they, they give us breakfast burritos, maybe pancakes. Bacon. You know. What was the one year we get all those nice Doritos and chips? That was good that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> was the, delicious. We didn't
1: order anything. They just sent us food. So I always go in on Monday morning and um, actually pay for a meal because they've given us food for free for the whole weekend. So Very nice of them.
0: Yes. To do that. Um. So coming up with the show today, we're gonna to talk about our favorite NES marathon moments of 2013, the fourth annual. And by the way, we raised over 13,000. when All is said and done. Woo! Yeah, that's awesome. Little, right. little thanks to everyone out there who helped. Uh, who helped uh, donate or spread the word. Very, very much appreciated. We, just, we, we, we do the giveaway still. People are starting to hammer me on that, so you got to give me the addresses.
1: Uh, I'll say this right now, and that way, since I'm saying it public, people can hold me to it. I'll, I'll have. Uh, I'll have the AVGN code. I'll have the. Uh,
0: I'll have the Konami
1: codes out tomorrow. I'll give you the emails, the email addresses for the AVGN codes tomorrow, and we'll okay. have the physical items sent out sometime next week.
0: Do you have the addresses, though, for everyone for that? We need to email them. You I do need have, to email them. Yeah, I need to email them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's fine. They're coming. We're going to give them your goodies. It always takes about a week to a week and a half. A little surprised that we, we had a little bit, 3,000 less than last year, uh, we had just as so many viewers, not more, so I'm guessing it's not it the economy or what. We we had a lot of people uh, tweet about it. We used the hashtags this year a lot more. There's a lot of people using the hashtag NES Marathon uh, for that, so that was cool. Uh, by the way, hashtag CU Podcast. If you have any questions for me and Ian, we'll question and answer at the end of the show. We'll discuss that, that later. Um, yeah, uh, so the NES Marathon, it was just a... Uh, oh, man. This year, I was so happy that we had the tech figured out. We thought we had to figure out last year, then our demo, then our USB um, video capture device that was so stalwart and and robust the first couple years suddenly just failed. We don't I don't know why. I think I updated Windows Seven like a week before the event, in between, you know, and then it's probably just all of a sudden the driver doesn't work anymore. So basically, last year we couldn't capture the sound. Uh, via the USB um, capture device, so we captured it through the mic. People didn't have a problem with it. I did because it wasn't as clear, obviously. And this just bothers because we started about 20 minutes late last year, 25 minutes late, because we were scrambling to figure out what the hell was going on before we just said, "Screw it, let's mic the room." So this year we had a nice mixer to help us uh, with, with the room mic, and uh, which is fine. And then with the, with the webcam, the brand new webcam, which is the best webcam on the market. Hi. Which we also had a problem with testing. That's a whole other story. Um... I think it turned out well. I think people didn't have a lot of complaints. It wasn't laggy for most people. We figured that out. There was far less complaints in chat about lag. Um,
1: you and I didn't even raise our voices at each other
0: once. Oh, we did a little during the testing. A little bit. But not. it wasn't as bad as the years before. I, I, well, in my opinion, we didn't raise Well, the first year was awful. Because the first year, we were just like...
1: All well, three years were pretty bad leading up to it. But uh, no, this year was very, very smooth. Uh, the tech was fine. Yeah. Um, it was one of the the most it was certainly the most stress-free marathon it was. i think we've we've had and uh, in terms of everything running um, during the marathon everything went smooth there was no uh, restarting of the computer because of updates there was no oh know, that happens. what that. happened
0: last year it's right it, windows updated itself last year yeah. while we were just sitting there um, i did i did restart once to clear out an issue with the commercial file all of a sudden not playing to see if it would and it did once and it didn't again after that I said screw it. Basically I had two different versions of the commercial file in two different formats. QuickTime and then I had MP4 without QuickTime and whatever. But the videos looked awesome. They were clear. We figured that out. I figured out the best codec to use with Wirecast and Wirecast was was, was always good to use with that. And um, yeah, I, I had a great time. It was really fun. We paced ourselves well. I took another 45 minute nap. Which I that's fine because then I was able to last and we were good. I was good until this is the year I, I I was good until about twelve thirty,
1: and then you looked then like I, a dead flower. Then I,
0: I went like yeah, then I just like my head was like wow this is ridiculous. Like other years I was always good till the end, but this year no, I just I just hit some sort of weird spot where I was just like. Wow, I remember ice hockey. I only, I only won by seven goals this year. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> I, know. I practically beat you. <laughs> the, the over under. You you beat the over under for last year <laughs> considerably. <laughs> and and um, yeah, other years like like the second year when we played the NWC cars to finish it, we were very lively. The first year when I I told the the Zelda two story, you were like off the walls, Zane. I was trying to get you to calm down, but I was in good shape. But um, but no, th- this year I think it was good. We paced ourselves. The libraries were hysterical. There were a lot of good marathon moments. Um, I honestly can't remember some right now. Once I go through the list of the games we play, when I do, when I mark off all, all the video parts on UStream, I will remember a lot more. Cause I remember saying, Oh, this is a marathon moment. Probably me going off on Mega Man five has to be one of them. And, um, um, yeah, the, your live read at midnight and 6am both were good, but well, I'll probably pick whichever one's better.
1: I, I legitimately, I can't stress enough that I legitimately felt like I was going to have a stroke after this morning live read. <laughs> I, 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 I said my, to you, hey! My chest got tense. I was like,
0: hey, I can read. I'm like, no! I'm doing it! So, you know. Like, well, I mean, I read them all day. I wasn't going to hand that over to you. Um, so so basically what's going to happen is um, we're going to do what we did last year. I'll probably have the first part online my site for totally for free. The other part's will be the $0.99 cent pay-per-view. And why do I do that? Well, it's not pay-per-view. It's nine cents to purchase individual parts. Why do I do that? One, well, I don't want all on YouTube. I just don't want that much footage of us on YouTube doing really stupid stuff for people to see, maybe saying inappropriate things. Not that we do, but who knows? I, I, don't,
1: know. I, I don't like being on YouTube. You don't like being on YouTube. All. Period. That's the first <laughs> reason.
0: The second reason is that it kind of destroys it, having it in, in chunks and pieces. It, it, you have to experience it the whole, I think. Um, so for that reason, I do that. Uh, third it, we we honestly we have to recoup our our time a little bit. When I when I prepare for the marathon for the 3 to about 3 weeks before, I I don't work on any other videos. I don't work really on anything else besides that. We we did the podcast, but I really have a hard time focusing on other things, other projects. And you actually have to take time off from your job. So there's that too. Yeah. However, this year what we're going to do which which is, which is cool that you can do this, we're going to stream it at some point, maybe this Saturday we'll start. We'll just stream it continually on the Ustream channel. And let people know. If you want to go back and watch it, it'll be there. You can watch it for free. You're right. The, that'll be free. That's the, the important part. The ads will come up, but it'll be free. It'll be rotating. And that's the whole experience. It'll just keep rotating for the next year. And if you want to catch it, you want to catch the moments live, you can do it. And it'll be kind of off-kilter because we didn't end exactly when we should, but it'll just keep rotating for a whole year. So,
1: Um. There was talk of
0: possibly finding
1: out if we could do that with the previous years, too, as well. I mean, nothing certain. But. We probably
0: could. I, I probably honestly could do that. We could loop all four marathons if I wanted to. But honestly, that first year looked terrible. And actually, the uh, the second year looked better. But last year, we had issues with with um, with the upload rate, and we only were doing 15 frames. I want to loop the last one because the last one looked absolutely fantastic. That's fair. The, the third one was it was jittery. Let's just loop the fourth one, and we'll do that till the fifth year, and then we'll loop the fifth one till the sixth, and then I die. Yeah, that's me it. sure. Yes, I'm predicting my, my death in 2015, I think somewhere. <laughs> so, fair enough. Uh, so that's what's going to go on with the marathon. Like I said, very happy, uh, happy that all people came in the chat. People that were moderating it were great. Some people were there for like 20 hours. Now there was a number hours. of
1: people who were in there for the entire thing, and uh, that's what I would want to touch on. Um, even though I generally tune out of chat, I have to. I have to drop doing something. I yeah. can't. I can't watch games, play games, yeah, I intake, intake uh, donations, and add games to the list, and maintain chat uh, for for that long. So I usually drop out about f- you know five, six hours away from the end. But knowing that there are people who have been there for as long as we have is just a nice feeling. It's nice to know it, it. It no longer feels like we're just sitting in a room doing
0: this for no one. Yeah, and and they did their job. I think there were there were less douchebags this year. There's always douchebags. But this year, I think there were less. I think I only directly kicked one person. I don't, think I, I, I don't think I directly banned anyone. We didn't
1: have to put it on slow mode once.
0: We didn't. Usually, we put it on slow mode. The only thing we did, we just disallow links in the chat. Oh, by the way, I have the someone sent me the log I'll send to you. It's always fun to have the chat log. Yeah, yeah. Just one douchebag on, on Facebook that I responded to on Twitter. The only bad... And this happens every year. Where it's like, oh, I would have donated money, but you kicked me out of the chat. So this asshole on Facebook, that's all he is. And I had communicated with this person before last year. They asked me advice on how to identify an NWC card. And I actually gave him advice. Oh, yeah, look at the ROM board, blah, 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 dip switch. So, uh, he must have been banned or kicked by me or someone else. I honestly don't remember. But he sends me a message on Monday saying, hey, ha- how does it feel knowing that you you banned me right before I was going to do an $800 for Double Dragon 2? Oh, by the way, I, <laughs> yeah, and you call me a reseller, and me and my group, and by the way, I give games to, to poor people that can't afford them. <laughs> it was just like, I got to respond to that because I'm usually very affable, you know that. But when it comes to the marathon, I, I take it very seriously. Don't don't screw with me with the marathon. Just don't screw with me in any way. I was this close to giving his full name out so people on Facebook and really let him know what what a piece of trash he was, but I, I held back. I just gave his first name uh, Jesse, which I feel bad because Jesse is Jesse M, who actually writes for the Punk Effect. I forgot his first name, so I, he, I said, "Well, not all Jesses are cool." I was like, "Yeah, I know." I felt bad. <laughs> I should I should have put his last initial. back. yeah, doing
1: yeah. doing doing good in one area does not excuse you from being an asshole. But even another. if
0: he did give it, he didn't give a dog. Well, I don't believe he did. He, he didn't I'm give just, a dollar. I'm just saying. But even if he did, it doesn't excuse you. Correct. It doesn't excuse you. It doesn't give you carte Blanche to be a, a dick in the chat room. It really doesn't, you know. But again, it was a fun time. Uh, the tech was figured out finally after after four years. It's figured out.
1: No, it's, it's not More bad. And most
0: importantly, oh, fucking Christ, the Minda bottle saved us. Probably thirty-five minutes. Of really, time. you're you're going to guess thirty-five minutes? See that? That's two cc. No, that, that would be four. Friend. You just pumped it. Well, twice. I had to prime it the first time. Oh, Right. <laughs> I had to prime it. Sure. And oh what man! Can,
1: what, what can you put in there? Just about anything. Just but about, sulfuric acid. Just about right? anything.
0: I looked. At, I have. I have the sticker. I can show you. It's. It's amazing. It's a marvel of science. It's good. Two cc of goodness in that pump. All right. <laughs> You're like. All right. I'm going to stab you.
1: As much as I enjoy the marathons, it's nice to not have to think about it for at least another ten months.
0: Yeah, I think we might have to start about, thinking about it earlier just in terms of getting sponsors on board. That's, sponsors are great, but when the sponsors are giving me their stuff a day before, it makes it rough. I'm just, yeah, It makes it rough. I understand. But let me live my dream in just say 10 months. Alright. Right. Eight. Um, so besides that, we talked about the stream. I'm going to do an, another Halloween NES Punk episode. Every year's tradition... The problem with the marathon, I usually have like nine days or ten days to do it. What an you know, odd tradition. No other reviewers do Halloween episodes. You're, you're trying really... To be, trying to be facetious You're now, unique in that way. Well, James just came out with his for, uh, for Alien 3 for the NES, which isn't an awful game, but he says that in the review. It's not an awful game for the NES. It's just not good. It's, it's good for the Super Nintendo, though, which uh, I had a conversation about. Maybe I was saying he used my words, but I was like, yeah, it's not an awful game. But he, And uh, I, I, had, I have an idea. I'm not going to say what it is, but I have an idea for one or two games, so that'll be coming hopefully for Halloween. Then after that, it's been two months since Flea Market Madness. I'll do another one of those. We have a certain project we have to get back to in full force. Don't roll your eyes; we have to. Not rolling my eyes. Okay, <laughs> just a little tick. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're going to do that. And most importantly, it has nothing to do with you. But I'm finally going through the 80 plus contributors who submitted stuff to be on my site, and I've got I went through about 15 to 20 today, and I'm starting to get back to you guys if you're out there. Even even if I don't want you on the site or feel like it doesn't work, I'm going to send you a nice, hate to say, nice rejection letter. But I am at least just to let you know, so I feel that's that's nicer than not replying. Maybe some yeah. people might be insulted by it, but I would just else. send out pages from Wacky Madlibs. Wacky Madlibs, yeah. isn't that isn't that a you know aren't all Madlibs wacky? Well, yeah, but I think the books used to say Wacky Madlibs. I would just, uh, oh, they did. Yeah. I haven't seen a Mad Libs book in forever. Must be online because now? we're
1: not in elementary school. We're not ordering from Scholastic <laughs> Weekly Readers anymore.
0: <laughs> did you add an extra syllable to elementary? Probably. Um, so let's get on <clears throat> with it. Big news! I think it was today. Nintendo announced they were going to finally, after seven years, halt production of the Nintendo Wii system. Only in Japan. Only in Japan. So far,
1: but still, it's a, it's 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 good timing to to kind of have a, a quick retrospective of the, the, the Wii Sure, back well, on it. I mean, the, the, the damn thing sold over 100 million units. That makes it, what, the, the top three most successful consoles of all time? It, when I was looking at the chart, I believe it, it, it beat... I mean, it was better than anything Nintendo had put out
0: uh, in terms of sales. Um, I mean, it sold... Well, like, the NES post three. Famicom probably came close. Okay, sure. Or if not be... I, th- I think the NES sold 80 million in the US, I'm not positive. Or 60 million. I look up. We can look up the figures right now while you talk. Go on. <laughs> but, um,
1: yeah, I mean, I feel like if Nintendo wants to have any chance of, of pushing the Wii U, they have to they have to stop selling the the system that, at a cheaper price, seems just as, as attractive to sure. people. Um, but when you look back on it, 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 it's an interesting system. It came out with a whole lot of buzz and a whole lot of hype. $40 was,
0: million for the NES,
1: by the way. is incredibly hard to come by for its first two years of existence. Um, everyone wanted to have one, and then everyone got a hold of them. And a lot of gamers, you know, uh, tossed theirs. You know, uh, halfway through the system's lifespan, and the last half of the, the system's lifespan was
0: largely dominated by. Shovel and Bloatware. Besides the the you know Nintendo first party titles, I kind of like the Link.
1: Right, and I I had know. one, and I I was I was one of those people. I was very happy to get it initially, and uh, I, I like many things that I've gotten rid of since I've moved to San Diego. It was, I believe it was fun to trip home for the holidays, and uh, I didn't miss it then. But then you know I, I I do. I'm I'm glad to have one again now because um, things like the Kirby Collection, uh, Super Mario Galaxy Two, and all uh, other late release titles um some of the RPGs that came out like Xenoblade uh Pandora's Tower um i think i think in i think it's going to be very similar to the N64 where in 5 years people are going to look back on it much more fondly than they I'm... did during its run um for a couple of the same reasons uh it was a really good multiplayer system mm-hmm. that is a big reason why the N64 sells so well at Luna Video Games is because sure. of the multiplayer. And the, the the Wii had that in spades as well. But also because once once you're no longer waiting stretches of months at a time for games to come out, you can look at a library as a whole and be like, damn, the Wii had 35 really good games and it's only a $40 system now. Sure. And why why not get one? You know? And you can use it as a double for a GameCube. So people might do that. Right. So I, I do think even though opinion on it was, was pretty sour towards the end, I, th- I think it's actually going to be popular again in
0: the future. Uh, I, I I agree. I think if you look at the legacy of it, not just where I think it's going to be, I think people are really, at this point, they they, they don't see or, or they take for granted the motion controller aspect of it. They, they look down at it when I think going forward 12, 15 years from now when who knows, maybe motion controllers will be the predominant way of playing with video games. We're kind of inching towards that. We are a little bit.
1: Then why are we seeing motion controls take a back seat in
0: all the next gen systems? Because they aren't done well. You know that's why. Well, the whole point is they tried something different and it worked. People sure. use the motion controls. That's that to me is the most important part. In the past, and it didn't work. Didn't work with, with the U Force. Didn't work with the Power Glove. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I'm this not. is the first time it worked. Yes. And not only that, it worked. And Sony went from making fun of it to copying it. Yeah. Microsoft went from not talking about it to now ha- trying to push it as a main part Authority. of their system Correct. with the Kinect, and so people can make fun of the Wii, but that's very important. And the fact that it opened gaming up to a lot of people, older people, maybe you know party goers, that's not a bad thing. It's never a bad thing. No. And people that get on it for oh, you know, it's just as casual. So, you know, when I when I moved to San Diego in 2009, the Wii was still pretty strong. A few years after it came yeah. out, pretty strong. And I went to I remember going to parties. And people had the Wii out, and they were doing, you know, they were doing Just Dance. And I thought it was amazing that people that probably weren't gamers primarily had a Nintendo system. They were playing it. I don't care what game they were playing, but they were playing and using it.
1: Well, this is why the Wii... That was the Wii's strongest point, and that's another reason why I was able to part with it so easily. When I got my Wii, I was living in a situation where I was living with two other people, and we had people over all the time. Uh, people who predominantly did not game or play games. So, things like... Um, Mario Party and Wii Sports uh, were accessible to all these people. People who, and I mean, literally, did not ever touch or look at any of my other games, would come over and we'd play. And, and we'd play Wii. Uh, it was a social system, and yes. it really did bring in people because it was accessible. Most of the, it, a lot of the most popular multiplayer games used nothing more than the remote, which is a very um, accessible non-terrifying controller it's 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 a nintendo controller it's a remote controller it's it's a d-pad it's two little buttons and a big button you know and a trigger so it was easy for these people to get into it when i moved from that apartment into a much more solitary apartment where my roommate and i did not converse much he was always out of town and i had to look at it from the viewpoint of a single player system um i did not use it as much so, yeah, it was great at pulling in people, yeah. it was great for multiplayer, it just didn't have the single-player titles that people needed, but, like I said, when you now look back at it, if you if you call that chapter closed and you look back at it, you can find, I would say, if I'm going to be conservative, you could find ten good single-player games for that system, and honestly, I don't believe that the N64 has many more, and that's a hugely no. popular system. No, um, and I think
0: the other thing besides the motion controls, which... That was more. It worked overall. Uh, certain software was better than others on utilizing it and, and doing well. I know they added the, the, the Wii. Was it the Motion Plus. Control Plus to yeah. make it even better? I actually have no experience with that. Same. It probably makes it better. It probably does. Who knows? I'm just going to guess say it does. But um, the other the <laughs> other legacy that people forget, the Virtual Console was hugely important to gaming. Having downloadable titles and having a library available for the first time on a console to that extent, that's huge. And that that's never going to go away ever again. No,
1: and for a company that is often derided and looked down upon for not being with the times, they handled and and and, and turned emulation and and, yes. and retro uh, the the rising popularity of retro games in their favor quicker and better than anyone did. I always um, cite
0: I always cite the Wii as, as a turning point in pushing and helping retro gaming becoming a bigger bigger thing.
1: It's sad to me that the company that really popularized it and pushed it is also the company that kind of takes the virtual console for granted now and doesn't really put much up on there. Um, but uh, yeah, the importance of what they did in the early launch days of the week can't be understated. Um, putting a bunch of Nintendo games, some, a lot, many of which that would go for far more than $5 up there for five bucks a pop. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, introducing people to uh, even it's not even so much the Nintendo, but uh, the fact that they had Turbo graphics games. Yeah, up they there. welcome
0: other systems. Um, Sega, Sega Genesis. Genesis
1: games up there. You know, systems that other people maybe did not have as much experience with. It really opened a lot of people's eyes up to great games. I mean, I have friends who can talk to me about Devil's Crush, and it's not because they play Turbo now. It's not because they had one as a kid. It's because someone tipped them off to it on the Virtual Console, and now they play one of the best, but. You know, most slightly well, slightly obscure. You know, pinball games yeah. on on you know retro. System. So you agree
0: that that helped rise in the popularity of retro games. Oh, I it absolutely firmly, did. It absolutely the extent. That. The extent's hard, but that is at least in my mind because I've been collecting games since '99. To me, though, that was the point delineation when game prices all of a sudden went from nothing or low it's all of a sudden people started to notice it sure. at that point about for
1: yeah and that's a separate conversation it might not have been great for
0: prices but it certainly was good for popularity Well, yeah but i'm saying we can't have only got the other people no, people no. start playing these games if they start playing devil's Crush, maybe then they want to own it yeah. or maybe they want to they want to earn uh, own a, a random nes game they just bought for a dollar cuz it was on sale like baseball sure. stars or something you know i'm just throwing that out there but yeah that, and of course that was you know having downloadable titles for Consoles all of a sudden, PlayStation starts doing that. and then Well, Microsoft. It, they all had their own, but it, but it was it was realizing that there was a demand for the back catalog. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, it was emulation. It was directly emulation. Mm-hmm. They were using Nintendo. They weren't lying about it. You know, it was yeah. cool. You can save them on the on the Wii, and you know, it was, yeah, it was fine. So yeah, so my Wii, I, I haven't honestly probably turned it on in like two years. <laughs> I've played it since I've been here. I still look for titles for it. I, you know, when I picked up, I always wanted to find. Uh, pretty cheap, uh, you know, Mario Kart uh, for it, and uh, I think I found it for like 15 bucks, it's like, yeah, score and I have like the Paper Mario on it and I have the Wii, Gal- uh, Wii Gal, Mario Galaxy 1 and 2, you know, I have some of those games I have Okami, I have uh, you know, Red Steel, because it's one of the first games you know, I was, I, so I have, a, I have a decent library that I, that I find, and it, I I have what, both Zelda games? They had two on there, right? Skyward Sword, Skyward Sword and, and Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess, yeah, I don't, do I have Skyward Sword? Skyward Sword needs Motion Plus, so if you do have it, you haven't played it. No, it was it, it, it uh, Skyward Sword, basically the last probably huge Wii title that's probably going to be. You know, it came out like last year.
1: Uh yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to last remember... last landmark
0: the, title. I'm trying to remember the
1: timeline, but it was it was the it was the three quote unquote Operation Rainfall RPGs and and Skyward Sword. It was certainly the last big Nintendo.
0: Because honestly, E three, I can't remember a big Wii title they're pushing. It was all 3ds and Wii U. Oh yeah, Pikmin no, but, three. No, I mean friends. it's
1: it's done. I mean Nintendo's at least done with it. But um,
0: so yeah, we we love you. We like I said, it's a cheap console, a stable console. I like you as a friend. We like you as a friend. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, I'm
1: not in love with it, but you're I like not, you you're as a friend.
0: Gonna, you're not gonna make a mistake one night. And wake <laughs> wake up next to the next morning. Like, what the hell did I do? <laughs> no. But but you'll hang out with it. And yeah, I'll hang out casually. With it. Casually. casually, just friend. Friend, friends own it. So. I can't believe you just I, used that term. You friend zone the Wii, basically. So hopefully the Wii, yield, we always talk about how uh, the name is a huge part of it and the marketing of it. Maybe it's a point where they jump off from it and just call it something else. I don't know. Just put something else on the freaking box. You know, <laughs> whatever. Make call it, it the Ultra Wii. They
1: <laughs> made it look like a Wii. I mean, it looks like a Wii yeah, looks as like, well.
0: That was their biggest problem, too. They should have changed the color radically to like, I don't know blue
1: make it look like a hockey net or a hot rod or a hockey it? net i don't no, know. really a hot rod I mean, anything
0: i mean anything? How, about just a, how about just a malt shake maker then <laughs> <laughs> a hot rod <laughs> <laughs> all right so moving on <laughs> moving on um this is something that this documentary is coming out on itunes november 15th and probably in theaters limited it's been in some film festivals it's called uh, dear mr watterson it's a documentary uh, about uh, Calvin and Hobbes, the, the famous comic strip that ran from 85 to 95, uh, or January 1st, 96, technically. And it it, it, it tracks a lot of um, uh, artists that, that did things like, um, I think, Bloom County, Burke Brathod. I was going to say Burke Brathod is
1: in it. Um, I don't know some of the other ones, but he's, there's he's like a, he's a big so. one that I saw. There's was, a lot of artists yeah. in there
0: that sort of pay the respect to... Uh, uh, Bill Watterson, and talks about some of the fans, like why it's so important. I think Seth Green's in it, some yeah. other people. Um, so, Calvin and Hobbes is, is, my, is my favorite comic strip uh, of all time. And I believe it's, it's probably, having not read a lot of, like, the old Pogo, things like that, Pogo's it's, heard, yeah. it's probably still top, easily top five comic strips of all time. It's probably, among people that probably read them all, probably will say that. Um, I, I grew up reading it. I've read all the books. I own all the books in soft cover and hardcover anthology. I know a decent span about it. And so, um, I, I'm looking forward to this documentary because it's one of those things where Calvin and Hobbes. When you talk about it, it people's eyes light up and they get excited. But it's not, It doesn't seem to have this huge presence, partially because it's not commercialized at all. There's nothing right. you can buy officially for it. There's only they only came out with three three uh, officially licensed uh, products ever. One I own. I, I tried to swap and I couldn't believe it. That's two ca- two calendars. Yeah. Eighty eight, eighty nine, and I think. Uh, Eighty-seven, eighty-eight, or eighty-nine, ninety. And I found one at the swap. Me, miraculously, I saw it in a box. I couldn't believe it. You, you don't find those. And there was like this. Um, it's a teaching tool. A teaching tool for, I think, um, the mentally like mentally disabled, or or was it for diabetes? It was something like that.
1: I thought it was language. Well, something like that. Way to go! We know what we're talking about. But it is a teaching tool.
0: I thought. It, I thought it was for. So, was language again. Language. Though it's so obscure though that it probably goes on eBay like once a year, and it'll probably go for like you know a few hundred. But, but the fact of the matter is, uh, Calvin House is brilliant for a few reasons. Um, adults could read it and have fun with it. Children could read it. They can look at the adventures, the stories, the great, absolutely fantastic artwork, like top-notch artwork. The layouts, uh, it looked like it was painted a lot of times. The, the amount of detail that was put into it, just the craft work of, of the artistry. But kids could get into it. Adults can get into it. There was, there was a message for kids and adults like the strip where the, it has the, the the baby raccoon that that dies, where you you'll, you're you're crying at this yeah, story. Yeah, that's a, that's you know.
1: that's one that kills me still to this day is the the raccoon arc, and the one where uh, where uh, Calvin loses Hobbes. That one. Oh was yeah. also particularly so
0: particularly. See, people don't understand that. Like this, uh, Bill Watterson did this. I mean, there's always been strips like Prince Valiant that were serials, or even the Spider Man strip. But what, what I think it made Calvin Hobbes more special was that. Uh, at least to me, was the stories went, like, the dailies were four four panels. And then the Sundays, originally the Sundays were, you know, the standard Sunday layout of, like, whatever it was, 10 or 12.
1: And then he chopped it up and was able to do whatever he wanted.
0: Yeah, then, it, then the last few years he was like, screw you, syndicates. I'm going to do whatever I want. Then he had in the layout, which was amazing to even get that done. That's a whole other conversation. But he, he carried these stories. somewhat for, like, three weeks. And he carried these stories sometimes even with the Sunday, To finish it off, or intersperse it with it, which was fantastic that he did that, which you didn't realize until you bought the books and saw that.
1: Well, and it's 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 odd because um, to be able to do that means that he was working. He was able to work on a short time frame. Uh, I I don't know if a lot of people necessarily know how comics work, but say like uh, some churning scumbag like Jim Davis or his, yeah. his drums. I'll what what they do is they write a batch, and they write a months and months in advance, and they send them off. Um, and Sundays take more time than than dailies, so usually the Sundays and the dailies will get sent out at different times. What Watterson was able to do, for some, not all, but some of his, his arcs, was he was able to incorporate the Sundays into the arc, and that was done by being able to send in his comics where on very short notice. No, oh, actually, Yeah, on, on, on very short order, he was able to put these stories together and get them in. The The, the papers would let him send them in on, on, on shorter notice instead of way in advance so he could piece everything oh, together. Oh, I thought... Because I thought he I, never knew exactly where he was going I thought to go. he read
0: one time where he, he, the reason he didn't... He couldn't always do that. Most of the time, he couldn't inters- intersperse the... No, he can't with, always do it. But I'm I just, thought I read one time he did it because he was so far ahead he could. So maybe they did both
1: possible um but yeah he uh he took a lot from from Schulz and he's even he's even uh oh yeah he's even stated that charles shawls has written stuff Charles is um also one of the the comic artists that his arcs can sometimes go on for weeks or months uh i've been reading i've read 30 years of peanuts now i mean and some of those arcs can go on i've been reading them sequentially they go on you know forever i mean they're going for chunks of the book Um, but no, Calvin and Hobbes is, I mean, it's one of the best. And I do read a lot of newspaper comics. I've read Pogo and Crazy Cat and, uh, I would put, I don't know if I would put Calvin and Hobbes above Peanuts. That's the one that's very dear to me, but Calvin and Hobbes is a very close second. And on the right day, it's the first, um, you know, that, that, that comic came out in 85. I was very, very young. I'm not going to say how young, but too young to read. And I remember, wanting to know what my parents were laughing so loud at. Mm -hmm. And I would ask, and they would, you know, show me the pictures, and they would explain what was going on. And, I mean, I think that's probably the reason why I feel so attached to it. It's one of the first things I learned how to read was Calvin and Hobbes. I
0: don't exactly remember when I started reading it. I I must have been about seven or eight. But it was one of those things where, like, from the first time I saw it, I was like, this is something special. And back in the 80s, in the 80s were still a pretty big heyday for Sure. It was Nowadays, not last. so much. Nowadays, you're restricted to there's there's the mainstays out there like 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 zits and non secular and things that are good, but like th- that was like you got your Sunday paper back in the '80s. Still, there was like 15 pages of comics. Sometimes you're just going nuts. You could read it for a couple hours. Yeah, I remember the Buffalo News was Far Side was in its heyday in the '80s. The Far Side, another brilliant one. Gary Larson.
1: You had Bloom County or Outland
0: going. I mean, you
1: yeah, you had a lot of that was the last time you had something to look forward to in the comics pages, and I mean, I, I remember, you know, as a kid, you don't, you know, expect things to change. I remember for reading comics. <laughs> I, I remember, I remember reading comics in the late '90s and being like, "What? What happened? Oh, things change. Not everything stays the same, you know." But uh, what the other thing, Calvin and Hobbes was, as you had touched on, it was it was good for uh, it was cool. kids, kids could get something yeah. out of it, adults could get something out of it, and I think there's very there's something very special about Calvin and Hobbes for people our age who have read it our whole lives and yeah. get something different out of it now than we did then.
0: Um yeah, it was philosophical. It's Calvin and Hobbes. Thomas Hobbes and John Calvin were were philosophers. I mean, John Calvin was the Calvinism, yes. Protestant Reformation, you know. That's what they took their names from. So it's just right there. People don't people don't realize that. Um when they had their wagon trips, that always philosophical discussions that sort of, sort of, um, paralleled usually their trip on the wagon, which was hysterical yes. looking back as a kid. You may not realize you're like, Oh, yeah. this really was zany wagon trip, but they're actually having really <laughs> deep philosophical discussions before they totally wipe out their wagon. Yeah. You know, it's still or, or toboggan in, in the winter.
1: One of my favorites was, uh, when they discussed the theory of relativity as they're, uh, constantly going faster and faster down a mountainside on their wagon. And, uh, they're talking about how time will slow to a stop. And, uh, you know, uh, Calvin says something like "time didn't slow at all," and, and Hobbes looks at a watch and it's, it's sprung broken. And he's yeah, like, yeah, no, it, it totally. did it, until, you know, it at, works. At, that's but right. See, that's the beauty because, because as a kid, you get the slapstick punchline of yes. the joke, but as you get older, you understand the, the more beauty. of what they're yeah. talking about. So it, it's it's fantastic. What else I, I love was um, my brother and I operated in some ways like calvin hobbs uh you know <laughs> Wait, it, really well you, you no, no. calvin I'm not, ball no well i mean you do i mean kids do that sort of thing that's <laughs> that's why it's so appealing to an adult it's easy to relive things he captured childhood very well calvin's vocabulary was greater than most most kids yes um but other than that i mean kids do play these makeup games so as a kid i'm like i can identify with what they're doing and as an adult you're like well this is taking me back, Calvin Ball, uh, making time machines out of cardboard boxes and transmogrifiers and you know, Having a horrific like that. babysitter.
0: Yes, having a horrific babysitter. Or, or, or mow the bully. Yeah. Ro- Rosalind the babysitter, mow the bully, having Susie Perkins, the girl on the neighborhood that you always had a girl in the neighborhood that you couldn't stand, yeah. you know, like, was, ah, you know, that bothered you and you, and you had fights with. Yeah, it was great. It was absolutely fantastic. So back to the the, the film, I, I'm, I am interested in seeing it, uh, especially
1: now that I know breath that is in there because, uh, I respect Brethid, um in a lot of ways. I feel like his, his work degraded as time went on. But him and Watterson always had kind of a, a from what I understand, a a, 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 a very sparse pen pal relationship. They, they would really? I didn't, I didn't know they, that. They, 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 they communicated a few times. They, they were contemporaries, though. So, the, yeah, they were contemporaries and letters back and forth. And Watterson respected, they talk about in the back of of the books, uh, Watterson respected Brethin's work but didn't understand his his marketing because you know, Brethard, uh, marketed the shit out of Opus plushes and Bill the cat plushes and, you it, know, you know, bloom it, County and so, mugs. And so
0: Bill Wars if I never understood what, why he did that.
1: Right. So, um, I'm interested in seeing what someone like Brethard's opinion is in, in greater detail, um, because they both wrote genius stuff. The difference is Watterson got out on top of his game. Brethard let himself decline. And when did he stop uh, Bloom County? He stopped Bloom County in eighty nine, but then he did Outland, which artistically was, was, was gorgeous. Was the same?
0: Was the same sort of? Was, was the penguin in that still? Was Opus? Opus oh, was in it, and no one okay. else was supposed to. be, And by the end, pretty
1: much everyone from Bloom County. So it was, back. it was. It continued basically. And then, and then he did Opus, which I never. Did, there was a Sunday comic he did for a while uh, that in the two thousands that I never cared for called Opus, and uh, everything just felt very forced. So, I want to know what I want. I want to know what he has to say. That's maybe. interesting to me. What's weird is there is no there is no input from Waterson. So
0: all the, you're watching is people talking about around him. the subject. It, yeah, it, it, it's bizarre. Um, but you, you respect. Okay, so so people don't know Bill Waterson is a very private man. He's done maybe a handful of interv- interviews in, in since I'll '85. More on that in a moment. Yeah, he I, he did one for a magazine. He did one for an LA magazine about seven years ago. He answered like twelve emails or something randomly in 2005. Uh, to mark the 20th anniversary of Calvin and Hobbes. He did one in the late 80s, maybe one in the 90s. He's done literally a hand. How can the person that was, this was the number one comic strip in his in its, in its day? Um, and how can that guy not, he shunned the publicity thought because it's not about me, it's about the comic strip. And that, to that degree, if the audience doesn't know, the reason you don't see any, you've never seen a licensed Calvin and Hobbes t shirt, plush dolls, you've never seen a movie, is because Bill Warson actively fought tooth and nail against that. Yeah. And for a time, it could have happened. The, he signed away all the rights to the syndicate very early for Calvin Hobbes. They could have done the strip without him for for yep. years. And to his credit, he fought long and hard, and he didn't walk away because he did not want to see his vision get bastardized, his art get bastardized by having uh, a TV show that would not have uh, had the right message or a movie that would have been horrible in his eyes or having stupid mugs that, to him, could not convey a message of a comic strip through a mug or a t-shirt. And he's right about that. You know-
1: As, he didn't want a Gasoline Alley or a Blondie, where long yeah. after the original creator has ceased to have input, they keep churning it out or, simply or have or it on the
0: page. Like Jim Davis, the exact opposite. Jim Davis probably hasn't written a Garfield strip in probably 25 years. You know, he has an empire that he lords over, and he has no creative influence. And to him, that's, that's the exact opposite. That's someone who has no artistic integrity in someone like Bill Larson's eyes. He never said that directly, but I can feel that that's what he probably thinks oh, about sure. it. Sure. So,
1: what is, but it's the timing of this so this movie was announced it was announced about a year ago did a Kickstarter i try to i, I try to keep up on 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 that sort of the the calvin and Hobbes stuff and um right as they're announcing its release uh mental floss a magazine and also an online presence um landed the first real interview with waterson in because the the one that you're referencing from two really thousand I believe was was done as a forward for the hardback collection. So this is the first like independent, not associated with any release. Um the first interview he's given to the public and I believe the last one he did was the late eighties. I could be wrong. Um they put a chunk of it up for free. You can go to Mental Floss and read, oh, yeah. it, I, I read and it. read it. And it's it's what's interesting to me is Depending on what you read, some people assume that Bill Watterson must be this this cranky old coot. Not. He's not. He comes across as really dryly funny and kind of he's just a person who doesn't care for the public eye. And I can totally respect that. And I, I'm very much looking forward to one way or another reading the full interview. Um, I, one of my favorite questions just to give people a taste and hopefully they'll go check it out is because uh, uh, it goes back to the licensing thing. The, the, the mental floss has, you know, we're pretty sure it's it's rumor, but we want to clear this one up. We heard a story about how uh, a plush uh, maker sent you a box of Hobbs plushes uh, with you know uh, unsolicited, mm-hmm. and we heard that you he, uh, you know you you immediately lit them on fire. And he said that's only partially true. It was my head that immediately lit on fire. <laughs> um, he's a great sense of humor. Yeah, he does. He and had a great I, sense
0: of humor about about the, the Calvin pissing on trucks decals. Yeah, that's and, the, and his, his line was, "I I try to long gone, I my take up it to be, immortality. immortality." Which is so.
1: I, I I look forward to reading more about the guy because he's a guy I've always respected and admired, and I I I have always wondered what. He's like now. Um, I'm curious. Um, going back to Hobbes, real quick, um, you know, I'm sure people who are into Calvin and Hobbes know this, but if, 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 if you don't know the strip, um, you know, uh, Hobbes is alive around Calvin, but to adults he's seen as a plush. But Bill Watterson purposely went out of his way to make sure that no one ever knew whether he was alive or not. Bill Watterson doesn't know if Hobbes is alive no. or not. He wrote it to the point where he he doesn't know, and that's the main reason he never wanted a Hobbes plush, because if you make Hobbes a plush, he is a stuffed animal. And he never wanted that. He, yeah, he
0: I think his quote was he said, I'd be I'll be damned if I let a, a toy maker decide that Right,
1: I don't even know it. I'm not gonna let a toy maker
0: decide. Yeah. That. Which is brilliant because, yeah, you, you can create the toy version, which I actually had something that kind of look like. Or you can create the the the, the life right. version. But you, either way, you're making that decision. Because in
1: the comic strip, there's there's the, two the versions. Variations are there's two variations. There's distinct. a toy,
0: how it probably looked to at the purchase, and then there's life life like walking around anthropomorphic Hobbs. My mom
1: actually made my brother a. a a toy version of
0: so it. let me ask you this though do, do you I, I totally respect and I used to get pissed even when I was like uh, 12, 13, 14 when I used to saw the pissing Calvin because that totally defeats the purpose of what Calvin is um, and Calvin's not just a kid that would be mischievous just for the sake of it that's not that's totally missing the point so I get pissed uh, so I can totally respect uh, Bill Watterson's stance and not licensing his stuff at all how would you feel since you love peanuts if there was no peanuts licensing? Would you still f- feel the same way about the strip? Would do you feel the licensing somehow fuels your, your love of it, knowing that you can get a plush, or do you think it would be the same or worse? or no, I mean, I have a lot of peanuts stuff I
1: do, but it's it's mostly because I really like peanuts and there's a lot of peanuts stuff, and that's what people get me as gifts you know, and I don't mind it, you know, I mean, I like it, but I'm just saying I don't actively necessarily seek it out. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, I I don't know if I would feel different about it. Let me put it this way. The licensing of the peanuts does not tarnish the peanuts to me.
0: It doesn't diminish it in your eyes. No,
1: it doesn't. Because what I like about it is when I sit down with the books and I read the books and it's woefully sad, but very truthful and also sweet and funny. And it's it it's it's just brilliant. I I don't think about the fact that I yeah I do have a statue up there and some magnets and you mm-hmm. know a Snoopy plush. It, it doesn't enter my mind. So I understand why Waterson didn't want to. Um, but the fact that Shauls did doesn't really change anything. It doesn't change for me. Real. No. I, when
0: I, you when you watch when you watch all the all the the movies they had and they had what a dozen movies or so. Well,
1: you have to understand the specials. I mean Shauls's hand was in the specials. Schultz made sure the specials were what he wanted them to be. I mean, if you read about the specials, he fretted long and hard about many of the early specials. Mm -hmm. And towards the end, I mean, he probably stopped caring so much, but um, it's Halloween and it's my favorite one. Great pumpkin, uh, Christmas, you know, Thanksgiving. Those were all ones that he actively made sure were right. I mean, he was terrified for the premiere of Christmas. He thought it was going to flop, and he was afraid that it wasn't going to do his characters justice. I think... I think, I think Shaw's, for a long chunk of his life, not always, was just as concerned about licensing, but in a different way. Watterson's approach was to just say, you know what, F it, I'm not dealing with it at all. Whereas Shaw's allowed it to give him anxiety attacks.
0: No, maybe that's what Watterson was trying to avoid. Maybe he heard the story. Maybe you know, yeah, what but, I mean? that's you know, possible. Because there probably was a there probably was a point where he was probably opened it for the first couple of years, and then when he saw the popularity skyrocket once it got to the late eighties, he probably was like, "No, this is coming out life of its own." Well, I think I think it's even stated somewhere that what he
1: saw happen with the Peanuts was one of his reasons as to why he did not want to do it with with uh, Calvin and Hobbes. And yes, it is one of the quaint things about Calvin and Hobbes that to me
0: keeps it pure. So
1: maybe it does affect something about the the Peanuts. It's really, to the, degree. Only,
0: it's really the only. It's only the only. It's the only property like that it, that exists in my mind. It's so popular that you can't find anything for it. it. It really... Yeah. It, Which is amazing. And I guess that purity, that's something about it that, you know, you won't see anything until, what, 70 years after his death. <laughs> you, you won't be able to... Right. Uh, until the copyright's over. So, dear so, Mr. Watterson,
1: I, I will watch it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm more excited about the Mental Floss interview because I really want to kind of get inside his head a little bit more.
0: I'd love to just see him on, on... I'd love to see him do a television interview. I know he'd be against it. I no. was He's not going to I know, but I would just love to see him. Cause yeah. he, Because he, supposedly he, he looks like the dad. He, like He looks like the, the model of the dad. There's an like... early picture of him. Oh, yeah. Where when, he he's like in, when
1: he's in his late... he's I and mean, he's only in his late 20s. But he, he looks like the he dad. Looks he, had, like the 30, he, he looks like a dad at 35. He had the mustache. He had yep. the glasses. He's, yep. he's he's like leaning over. He's yeah. done it.
0: And he drew himself one time drawing Calvin and house. Yeah, and he's yeah. basically the dad. He looks like the dad. But, um, yeah, it's it's great. I mean, of course, I've gone through... There's, there's a couple of animated things on YouTube. Of Count kind of Hopper that people have done their own, which he commented on, yeah. saying he's he's kind of like that's oh, cool, it's whatever. That yeah. he's not going to try to stop it, but it, it does make you wonder: what if there was a movie? What if it was done right? But in my head, I I couldn't even see how, the only way. Honestly, the only way I, I could see how you even do a, possibly do a movie right was not having a plot, just doing short little stories separate. That's yeah, the only you, way you could possibly do it.
1: You have to answer too many questions and make too many things concrete
0: to do a movie. It's just it would be tough. It would be tough to inter- interweave. Well, we got to have Tracer Bolt. We got to have Spaceman Smith. You know, we got to have this. We got to have that. We got to have Susie. One of my favorites, whenever Susie. And Calvin would play house, and they were drawing like traditional, like old school, like uh, like the '30s and '40s yeah, comic yeah. strips, where they were, like drawing like real humans, and it was hysterical. My favorite, you know,
1: and it uh, was sort of underused, but I imagine it took a lot of work. Was Tracer Bullet, where they would reverse the ne- where he would reverse the negative space. Um, oh, that's the right. Bur- it was white. panels? It was all it was black with white accents, as opposed to white with black ink. So yeah, the, and he did, I mean, they're gorgeous. And he did a lot of
0: experimental stuff like that. Yeah. yeah with the colors being... Or the one time where the borders were all different, mm-hmm. you know, and the, and the colors being muted and bleeding. and He did a lot of stuff that was out there. So just, yeah, The last, the last couple of years of the strip were different. You can tell he was sort of losing his spark in terms of stories, but he was experimenting a lot more with, with, with the art. And the I don't colors.
1: think he lost his spark. I think he knew he was getting to an end, and the last few years are, more, are far more emotional than they are comical, um, is how I remember the last few years.
0: Okay, I, I, I looked at it as... He looked a little bit more bitter in, in how he was writing. Maybe because he was just tired of of dealing with stuff. That's Well, what I was he does so, say
1: somewhere that I mean, by the end of the street, the strip, he was he was beaten down with his fights,
0: uh, yeah. by his fights with the syndicate. And I remember him writing more stuff about maybe. Uh, I remember one, for instance, I think there were there were more personal versus him trying to tell him that's Like one was just about the dad going on the bike rides. And I remember Larsen saying he liked bike riding, so he wrote like one Sunday sure. trip like that, for example. But um, no, it, it was sad to see it end. I didn't know it was ending. When it ended, I remember... Because, I, you know, this is 90... It was 96, January 1st. I had no idea. I, I read the comic strip, and I was like, that's kind of strange. Yeah, it was... And a, then the next and the next week, it's not there anymore. You're like, what the... F-? You're like, what the fuck just happened? It was a somber fucking
1: day in the Ferguson household when when, when Calvin and Hobbes ended, because all, all four of us I, read the hell out of that strip. And when he went on sabbatical, my dad would be grumpy for, like, a week. He'd be like, goddamn, Calvin and Hobbes freaking reruns the goddamn run, newspaper. I'm like... Yeah, and it's gonna be that way for
0: another year, so you better just get used to it. Yeah, I don't remember. Like, did I know it was ending? I might have known. Maybe it was I knew. A, maybe maybe it was it announced in the Parade magazine that came with the Sunday paper or something. Remember the all, of, all like... of? I think most of the papers that they carried announced it announced it. Okay. I mean, it
1: was, it was a big deal when it ended. My, my, I mean, I either I read it. I'm pretty sure my maybe dad did told some, me
0: we did, did we did we the internet do we have the internet in early '96 late '95 we I think we did we had the, the Microsoft Network I think. So maybe I did see it, but either way, it was sad. Very sad. And But it's like, hey, it's just, it just, you know, it, did, it didn't, it did like I said, he went out on top still. It was still the top of, of his game. It was still very popular. And you can still just reread tons, you know, ten, ten full years of strips. So. so... What do we got? We got a... <laughs> so you're like, I'm done talking right, about it. I mean, cameras, I mean so. we've, we're just, we're, we're going on. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you just totally don't want to talk about Calvin Hospital. You're done. I mean, do. I just feel like we talked we about right. that for a while. All right. Well, that's fine. It's, it's, it's very important, Calvin. I will we'll, we'll go see it or see it on iTunes, and we'll talk about it. We'll I bet
1: you, it. I would. I would. I wonder if Landmark Hillcrest will show it.
0: Someone will have in the area. There's so many theaters. Usually, one, one we'll of the cut, there'll be a one night showing somewhere yeah. around here. I mean, hell, I'm going to see. I'm going to see Rift Tracks tomorrow. You know, it's the same sort of thing. Maybe we will do something like that. So um, remember, guys, if you want to, if you want to. Ask your questions, use hashtag CU Podcast. I'll tweet it out real quick. I have to use the, uh, laboratory. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is the first time we're doing a break. <laughs> kind
1: you just, of. You can just sing for 20
0: seconds. Just tweeting here while Ian took an unexpected break. You know, using Wirecast for this will be nice to actually go to a commercial break when we want to. Then it won't be NES ads. Maybe, it'll be, or maybe we'll get a real sponsor. That'll be fun. But Just just, just more about Counter Hobbs real quick. Um... A lot of life lessons you learned in Calvin Hobbes that that dealt with just rejection, hardship. I, me- I remember the comic strip arc about um, Calvin's disappointment uh, from the baseball team. How his coach basically yelled at him because he didn't know what he was doing in the field, um, and that was like every a lot of kids go through rejection. You know, a lot of kids experience that, and so, but he always had his buddy Hobbes to cheer him up. Imagineer and I was always like, well, you know, we can just play Calvin Ball instead of this or ultra-organized baseball, you know, in a band. I think that could have been the first time the Cowboy was brought into the comic strip, I think. I'm not positive, though, was was his rejection from the baseball team in school. You
1: know what I always envied was the uh, seemingly endless woods they had in their backyard. Oh, yeah. And my desire to try to recreate that by not staying in my backyard, but sneaking around in other people's backyards and hopping fences and stuff like that. You know, the fact that they seem to have this... This boundaryless playground was something that i I really liked because my parents threw my brother and I outside all the time, you know, so I, I always wished I had that you know they had creeks
0: and logs and tree forts and my 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 grand uh, grandparents when my grand, where my mom grew up, their backyard was like, yeah, it was like sort of a weird thing where it was like picture two blocks in, a, in the suburbs, picture a full block. Uh, long in between at least a, a few blocks long in between but one full, full block wide of woods for some reason that's where the woods were there was a park there that's and there was lots of they got in trouble back there but yeah I, I, the strip prob- probably took place where Watterson lives in Ohio so that was probably something he was familiar with growing up but I'm uh, moving on to our Q&A on Twitter is
1: that what we're at already?
0: Yeah, well we only had, uh, we had three podcasts, a marathon. We didn't go, even go through a lot Read of the marathon. Three, podcasts? three three, Well, three topics. <laughs> we didn't even go through a lot of the marathon moments we thought of. We can't even think of them right now, I guess.
1: Uh, Maniac yeah. Mansion.
0: Maniac Mansion?
1: No, that was the dance
0: party. This. Oh, year. the dance party. It's usually was... a dance
1: party every year. And those aren't scripted. That's just, I like Nintendo music, and when it gets late enough, a, I can't nice. stop
0: dancing. That was a nice one, uh, yeah. I can't stop dancing. <laughs> that was a
1: nice one. Dance the night away. Dance forever. <laughs> dancing
0: with tears in my eyes. You want, you want to add a, another phrase with dance in it? <laughs> All right, let's start with. Going back to October 9th, that was our last one. I
1: think we have quite a few, actually.
0: Um, this is from uh, Gino LaGamba. Pat, do you have a full N64 collection as well? Uh, no, I don't. I think I own about. What what is it in the library? Two fifty about two sixty. I probably want about one hundred and twenty five, one hundred and thirty. So that's one of those liars. Is even it's just so boring (laughs) to go for. It's not challenging to go for. There's only only three or four games that are tough to find, and I have the hardest one. I have Sculptor's Cut.
1: Yeah, Worms, Sculptor's Cut, um, Ogre Battle.
0: I have Ogre Battle. It's not even that that hard to find. I
1: think we have Worms at the store right now. You really?
0: How much is it? Fifty. I have credit. If it's only 50, I'll use my credit.
1: 50? I think it's oh. 50. 50? 60. I don't know. 50? Somewhere 50, like
0: it's there. sold. <laughs> anyway, but no, it's one of those things where it's not worth it. It really isn't. Um, This is from at Shinoda CM. Canadian flea markets and pawn shops know the value of games and overprice them. Same on Craigslist. Any tips for good deals? Got the swap meets. You have flea markets. Sometimes in Craigslist, not so much anymore. I'd say, wow, I haven't gotten a Craigslist deal in probably two years, the more I think about it. There was a good point when I moved here that I was getting one every almost every month. I got a lot of my Sega Masters and games from Craigslist deals, um, especially in New Jersey. But, um, yeah, go on forums. There are nice people out there that will trade you stuff. Go to, go to some of these conventions. Sometimes you go to MagFest. You go to uh, Portland Retro Game Expo. There's some good deals to be had out there. I would I would point out... Well, I would... Uh... Or does he mean directly dealing with them? Uh, that's tough. I would, I would emphasize the
1: forum part. If you get in good with a forum... And a lot of forum dwellers can be kind of hard to deal with. But if you get in good with a forum, that's where you're going to find your best stuff. I've gotten incredible deals on a lot of my PC Engine stuff through friends on forums.
0: There you go. Um, this is from uh, at Jace Nakarado. Did I say that right? Nakarado. Nakarado. Pat, could you detail some game and watches you own and some positives about having them? Ian, just keep on drinking Takate. <laughs> That's easy enough. Um, I have about five or six. I have the fish bowl one. I I have the cement factory. I have the first Donkey Kong one. Yeah, Snoopy. I have the Snoopy uh, tabletop and the Mario Cement Factory one, and I have a couple others. Um, what is? Some positives, they're they're cool. I I love LCDs. I grew up with the Tiger LCDs. I was always jealous of my friends who, who had the. I remember I remember Kevin and his dumb older brother Quinn used to boss me around and bully me. He they never let me play it. They wouldn't let me play. It. They'd be like, no, you can't play. it. And it's like, why not? Let me play, freaking the Donkey Kong what was it? Donkey Kong Two with the key or are Junior? Not darn Quinn. Some idiot. I would say the positive. I mean, of, of
1: gaming watches. I mean, they're expensive, but they're unlike a lot of the licensed Tiger LCDs they were kind of like the cream of the crop in terms of they were, they were just fun. I mean, ti- Game & Watches are actually fun to play. Almost all of them are well-designed. Even the
0: simple ones are, are are at least amusing to play. Well, they're more designed around movement versus the Tigers are more designed around your character moving, which is harder to pull off sure. with an LCD. You know, like my like Double Dragon and my Ninja Gaiden, which I still need a Ninja... Yeah, I don't have Ninja Gaiden still. That's what I had as a kid. And I still need... Uh, the Talking Baseball All-Star one. Anyway, yeah. They, you always move and hit, hit, like, scroll, scroll, scroll to move, and that's so, only so much you can do with that versus jumping around different places. Right. This is from at sagata Sagada Sanchiro 1. Why do people never mention the Neo Geo amongst the best consoles ever made? AES is the Bentley of consoles.
1: The reason why this is... The, the reason why the AES is never mentioned among the best consoles is because... SNK's games are fantastic. That system
0: was prohibitively expensive. Uh, I'll tell you why. To me, it's not a console. To me, it's, to me, it's an arcade system.
1: Well, it, it is. You know? I mean, it, it is, but I mean that—that's why it—it's it, so out of. It was out of the reach of people who who when it was when it was relevant, and it's out of reach of collectors now, unless you have a ton of money. Yeah. And, and MVS is is far more affordable. You can buy the actual arcade machine, and the arcade cartridges are so much cheaper. It's not a beef with SNK. I love SNK. Pat'll huh. tell you I'm an SNK fanboy, but I—it's just—it's I have no interest in owning it because it's too yeah. expensive. I don't. I don't
0: have. That's why I always say I have every system from my like 2000 going back. I don't have the AES. I never had the the, the desire to own one. Even Look, when they were cheaper for some reason. It's just weird. I just never did. And to expound on what you said a little bit, it, it's it's because no one thinks of it
1: as a console. All it ever got was arcade ports. All it ever got were ports from the arcade. It never Can had any. Can you even call game. them ports though? They were the arcade Well, they, they are, but that's what you I'm saying. What I mean? you, 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 you never got, it's, it's not like a, a Nintendo or a Genesis yes. where you got unique games. It was, it was all just ports you know you never yes. saw anything new on it that's
0: why <laughs> not saying there's not bad games are the best console ever made right maybe it, it, it would be if the arcade didn't exist if this was just some weird console they made right without our it would be it would be holy shit look at these games but yeah
1: yeah you you put my point better if if the arcade aspect of it didn't exist yeah. if they all stood on their own as console games
0: yeah it would be a whole like, out shit. of control yeah Because the technology looked like ten years before its time, you know. Uh, This is from at B Waterwall, Waterwall. Ian, how do you suspect online? Scared me. How do you suspect online ordering for La Luna? La Luna will affect supply and demand. Do you expect prices to go up? I guess it means your store once you if you go online. Jeez, Um, La Luna. It's just Luna. Uh, But that's okay. The (laughs) Luna, I mean, that that
1: works. Um, I don't know. We did, at one point, have an online store. uh, And it was a pain to keep maintained. And the prices weren't any different. If, with how our business has grown and how retro gaming has grown, I don't think the prices would be different from the store prices. If anything, the prices... In the store and online, something would re- would change. Um, I don't think we would actually go higher, and I don't I don't know. I, I don't really think it would change anything. That's something that I honestly can't answer until we actually do it. We would have to see how internet reacted to our pricing. As a physical store, when people post at prices they see in other places, I always feel more confident in the prices we have at Luna because we are almost always cheaper than what other people are posting online
0: transparency oh. <laughs> show me the prices <laughs> yeah transparency right
1: I know but whatever i I'm just I'm saying like when people are like I can't believe this place has this and they snap a picture of something going for fifty I'm like well that's cool we have that for thirty five you know but um once you turn it into an online market that becomes more competitive so I don't know I don't know I don't know i mean if anything it it might temper prices
0: a little bit honestly we would have to see okay. this is a, this is a little bit of a general question we can talk about it quickly at puffy gill too. what are your opinions on the wii u xbox one and the ps4 i can do that pretty quick go uh wii u
1: uh someday xbox one never ps4 probably next year probably
0: so, in other words, the Wii U, it's got some problems. There's no real third-party support, unfortunately, but you always have the nice first-party titles on there. And I love the controller. I think it's really nice. I think uh, it'll get a lot of more use out of games in the future. Uh, Xbox One, their draconian policies. have shot them in the foot, so they're not going to win the next generation. I think PS4 Even though they will. turned them around, it's It doesn't matter. Too late, it's too late. Just... And plus, they can always re-implement them at any time yeah. they want to. Uh, so, for the U sales bullshit... Uh, having the Kinect spy on you, and that just really bad, and plus their CEO was a jackass saying all that stuff that he, he left the company, it's almost like he sabotaged himself you know, so no, the Xbox forget it, and plus they're 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 down on indie games for all of a sudden after they were so up on them PS4, hey, why not if that's what you want to go for, I was never a big uh, Sony guy, but like I said, the Xbox one and PS4, they're going to have 95% of the same games like like usual, and then you're really having three or four franchises you care about one or the other who cares, get a PC Uh <laughs> next um, and people call me arrogant. At Gigantor thirteen thirteen. Oh, that's our pal. It's our pal from the marathon. Very very generous. Why don't see a bigger library? I guess why don't we see a bigger library of virtual games from a manufacturer's past? Is it licensing issues or a developmental issue? Virtual console. I. Do you
1: want to go first? I don't think it's a development issue at all. It's very very easy to do that. I think what people don't necessarily realize is the amount of licenses that are pretty much permanently in limbo from companies going out of business things like that Um, rights changing hands why Nintendo doesn't do more with the virtual console I don't know but and I don't think this is the question you're asking necessarily but when people come in and they're like why hasn't Nintendo put X Game on the Virtual Console? Yet? I'll be like, well, because that's not a Nintendo game, and that company went defunct ten years ago.
0: I mean, I don't know where that 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 right is held. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I um, don't know. I, I gotta, They don't know how to gauge the interest. They, yeah, they don't. They that, don't. That, 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 it's easy for us that we're in the thick of it. You know, I have all these. Games. I know. Hey, if they came out with this game on the Virtual Console, it would sell. They have no clue to know that. They have no idea.
1: They would really need to go around to places like Luna and other stores and yeah. be like what's selling?
0: Like, what can we put up? How do they know, how do they know if Legacy of the Wizards is going to sell or Legend of the Cage? They have no idea. So they can't waste the time and resources to get the license, to get the rights of publish console, to have no one buy it. I mean, That's I, what it comes down to. I do think
1: we are seeing a slight turn to people, to these companies taking bigger chances again. Um, and, and, and all I need to point to is the fact that Freaking Reka got a 3DS Virtual Console release, and I bought it because I wanted to be like, "Jeez, here's well, but, the money." Well, maybe I mean, because yeah, cause,
0: cause Japan, they knew it was you know. Yeah, I'm sort I, of cool you know thing. vote
1: with your wallet. If you if you want to see more in uh, more varied and more obscure, weirder virtual console stuff, make it. Then. I don't know. I hate to say it. Even if you don't necessarily like a game, but you know it's weird, and there's you wonder why it's there. Buy it. You know, throw some money at it. Show that there is an interest in having these lesser-known titles put on a virtual uh, console or uh, you know
0: emulated in such a way. This is from uh, our pal Helen, who's modding in the chat tonight. Will we be seeing any special guests on the podcast, or maybe hadn't thought that far yet? I'm open to it. We we can probably associate Skype with this eventually. I'll see him having an open line for, for people to quote-unquote call in on topics at some point. We can work that in. I don't have a problem with it. I just think uh, having a third person, you know, I have had pretty good chemistry with this, I think. Maybe that's why, you know, we were chosen by whatever that... I can't think of the name. Well, Stitcher. Stitcher. <laughs> that's our pals Stitcher for the one of the best <laughs> new podcasts. I don't remember. Um, I, I feel
1: like <laughs> I'm not opposed to it either. I feel like you and I... And I I feel like you and I play off each other fairly well. Um, I feel like we're we're, we're different enough. Um, what I have no problem with guests on the podcast. I think that'd be fun. You know, if if, if Ru called in and you know we all harassed each other for a little while, but uh, something like that. But um, for me, right now, I like the podcast how it is simply because I work Wednesdays. It's the middle of my work week. I get off, I come over here, it's easy to set up, there's no nonsense, no BS, and we, fi- we just shoot the shit. It's our fifth episode so far. Yeah. I, think. I, I have a beer, well. we shoot the shit, and uh, you know, we call the day. day. Um, I would love to do guests as long as we could do it in a, a way that's not, you know, horribly complicated,
0: I guess. Sure. And that'd be Skype, obviously. Yeah. If we can, pu- if we can somehow pump them into the board back to the computer, that'd be great if we could figure yeah. that out. I probably could figure that out, you know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. This is from at a Um individually, what was I guess all oh, your favorite moments this past weekend? I guess individually, what was your favorite? If you had to pick the one moment from from the NES marathon, oh, the twelve AM live read, no, the six AM live read.
1: Um, my favorite moment was was me
0: winning at pro wrestling. No, not that,
1: that, <laughs> that was a dark time. <laughs> a... Um, I would say probably my favorite moment was uh. As much as I, I might give Pat nonsense for it, I got to, when you napped, I got to kick back, and I played Clue Land for like 10 minutes. Which oh, It really? was one of my favorite NES games. And I, I played it was until it? I lost. Was that requested? Nope. It was, uh, <gasps> well, it was kind of requested. We had a $50, or maybe it was a $75 block, and it just said, please play whatever you'd like. Oh, wow. That's and nice. I took that, and I said, and I looked at the wall for a minute, and I said, I want to play Clue Land. And that was the closest thing to a relaxing break that, like, I, it was just—it was nice to sit there and just not play a game because someone said it. But like, I just—I love Clue Clue Land. I love that game, and I played it up to the
0: last level so, before it loops, and I lost. But, so you, uh. You kind of cheated on me there. You play, you got to play games you wanted to play. I couldn't do that all the time. I had to. Stay you the were list.
1: asleep. You cheated.
0: I didn't cheat. Who says I'm not allowed to take a power nap? Uh, there's no napping in a marathon. So <laughs> I Who would said say that <laughs> the Mario marathon they have like 80 people that, that do it over three days. Longer you know, longer than
1: 24 hours. All I'm saying is it was a. I was playing in order, and I got to play whatever
0: you want. And I said, <laughs> "Okay, right. I'm playing Clue Clue Land." I liked my power because I, I I was I was awake and I got back. I what was, was like, your all favorite right. moment? Your nap. <laughs> it wasn't. it, was, you know, it wasn't bad Cause, you know I I woke up very tired every year. You people don't understand. I wake up tired Saturday mornings from all the stress of the week before. I'm never fresh for the marathon. What was your favorite moment? Uh, the dance was pretty damn funny. I mean, I was pretty pretty that, damn. That, that
1: just happened. I just kind of realized that I was standing up and dancing. It w- was it like
0: one AM we did that. No, or something? that was
1: that was like three or four. I try. Like, I Woke. Yeah. It was, was. It was definitely after. Oh, that's woke what woke up. me up. I think. <laughs> yeah, you came out and you were you played some Mega Man and you were crabby and then you were some you were crabby some more. Oh, that's, that's and, like, then, and then we danced and you were fine.
0: I think I think my 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 best moment was when I came out to Mega Man. Three and I kicked ass and I figured out the I figured out the the, the hard man boss and I would have beaten him. Remember, I was down to one thing of health and he had all of it. and I fought my way back and I almost killed him. Then I lost, but I was like, "Yeah, I got that." I, if I went back, I would him. Coulda, <laughs> woulda, coulda. No, but I, I got it. Still an awful fucking game in series, <laughs> but whatever. Okay, next, next. <laughs> if we can go off. Uh, did this is from at Geron. Oh, Geron. Um, what do you think is the oddest choice of a movie to get a video game? For me, it's Hudson Hawk hashtag LJN <laughs> for some reason. That was platoon. I, I was I was gonna say that, but you, you platoon. I, I mean, I, just why? I I've, I've commented on that in two of my videos about platoon. Okay, I mean, I, 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 I just, uh, probably, probably Hudson Hawk is very violent too, though. That's, that was an R rated movie. Oh yeah, but platoon is just who who gave the go-ahead? Did Oliver Stone give the go-ahead? Who was responsible for that?
1: Well, I mean... I, mean, if you, if I know it was on the
0: computer. That's probably why. Yeah, you know.
1: but if you, if you want to go with violence, I mean, the fact that Fred the 13th and, and, and Nightmare on Elm Street got game releases was, it has always been fairly impressive to me as well. Uh, I mean, there's more... There's more to work with there in terms of how do we make this a game, but the fact that it was released at a, at a time when games were considered kid stuff. Yeah, especially
0: Nintendo, they were kid stuff. Yeah, the fact that... And then know, that came guys. out, and somehow Hudson Hawk, and then Cool World came out. Oh, Cool World was Dude. another weird one, yeah. You know, it's just like, what the hell? Like, seriously, half of the movie licenses were already movies. Untouchables? It's like, yeah. that's not... I know they came out with a TV version of it, but it's like... These were not. I'm just looking around. It's like, what were they? Man? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's that's a strange. That's one. not a kids movie. You know, even the Gremlins movies borderline. You know, they're not, they're not kids movies when you think about it. A RoboCop. RoboCop. Yeah, very. But,
1: I mean that, but that. See, that was it, an arcade. RoboCop. You can yeah, say yeah, okay, uh, it was an arcade, arcade game. Yeah. But I would say Platoon, in my opinion, is probably the weirdest one. It's um, up there. I was
0: gonna say in Pl- terms Platoon of violence of the
1: and the lack of. Real subject matter to make a game
0: out of. Well, Rollerball's not the movie, but no. <laughs> it, was. it was. the James Caan version. Uh, this is from at Chibi UFO. Oh, that sounds familiar. It is. You, this all says you guys are doing it every week. Doing what? <laughs> uh, I
1: responded to her. She just did another. Yeah, yes, we're doing it every
0: other week. Every other week. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of you for even committing to that. That's very nice. Uh, this is from at Demon Owen Garth. Is there any video game you miss playing in the arcade, even though it cost all your quarters to play it? Not because it costs all my
1: quarters, but because it was one of the only fighting games I was ever really good at in the arcade. And it's been so long now I can't remember what the actual name of the arcade version is. It was either what was it, Soul Couch?
0: Soul Edge, the first before the first one. The first I was changer. I was
1: very very good at that in the arcade, and I used to play that constantly. I miss it just because it was. Everyone knows, especially people who watch the marathon. I'm pretty horrible at video games. I love them, but I'm I'm awful at them. I am not. I am not good. If you want to feel better about yourself, challenge me to a video game. Pretty much any <laughs> video game. I might beat be you a shooter for going score attack, but as proved this past weekend, not always. Um, but yeah, no Soul Edge was one that I loved and. Uh, I do miss I do miss that being in the arcades. That was fun. That's a tough
0: one. It's like I love playing Final Fight in the arcade. I just love that game. So much. I uh, would always tough game if I played I had to beat it in yeah. the arcade. It would probably cost a couple of bucks. You know, maybe seven quarters, six quarters. Same with double dragon, but then there's I'm trying to think there's there's no game that sort of ate all my quarters that I had to constantly come back to. There's no like, like the original arcade games like Centipede or Pac-Man. I usually play once or twice. I'd be fine. I'd be satiated enough because I was decent at them. I wouldn't just die within a second. Centipede, I can go for a while. On. You know, even even if I get you know if uh, if I play um, um, what the hell is the vector game? I can't think of it right now. Tempest. 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 I can go for a while if I'm good. Like I can go for like 10, 12 rounds. if sure. I'm Really on. Not, so Don Kong, the same thing. I can I can cycle through a few times. Whatever. So it, it's really tough for me. to answer, honestly. At Cygnus Destroyer. That's Matt. Matt. What are your go-to games to get you in the mood during the Halloween season? I don't know if I have any, but do you have any Halloween-themed games or scary games you play? It's funny, because October
1: is always a really busy month for me, especially the past four years. We usually do sales at Luna. Um, There's the marathon. So my only real Halloween Ritual is watching the Great Pumpkin as many times as I can. As far as games, n- no, but if I wanted to play a scary game, like right when I got home to kind of get me in the mood for Halloween or something like that, I would probably go with uh, Fatal Frame or Condemned Criminal Origins. Those are good, scary games that I like. They're fun to play, uh, and they'd probably fit the season
0: really well. I probably would say Doom if I. Oh, and Doom. A- yeah, that's an obvious. It's scary. Um, at Retro Core RCVGM. Chris usually asks a question. Hello, Chris. Are there any games that was meek? Are there any games <laughs> you find yourself replaying yearly or even every couple of months?
1: Yeah. Um. Actually, I saw this question earlier just because he's he's on my feed. Um. It's funny because you already mentioned it, but beat 'em up are games that every couple of months, um, I will sit down and be like, you know, I want to play all the way through Final Fight, or I want to play all the way through Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 45 minutes and the way they're set up I mean it's like a really bad action movie there's usually a a, a shitty story arc presented oh, yeah. in a beat em up so uh, those I'll play um, Killer 7 I play every couple of years Jet Set Radio Future is probably the game that I've beaten the most besides DuckTales and uh, I'll play Kirby's Adventure probably start to finish once a year on the NES I really like that one
0: this is from at no game. answer from you? None. Because I don't have time to replay stuff at Game <laughs> underscore Mana. Um, can you recommend any good books related to video games?
1: I don't have any that I've never read any of those. Like Game There's... Over, you mean? Like Historical? Well, yeah, historic I think ones? that's what he means. I've never read any of those, but I know you've got some on your shelf, so that's probably a question for you.
0: I have a History of Nintendo one I have to read still. But Game Over is the one that people always go back to that it tells it's a pretty concise history of, of video games.
1: And everyone I know from customers who come in to people like Frank Cifaldi, who are basically video game historians... Be my pal Frank? Yes, your pal Frank. Um, we'll recommend Game Over. If that's one that you haven't read, I can probably say honestly without ever reading it that it's worth it just by the vast number of people who,
0: who will vouch for it. At Ninja Trombonist... Huh, that's interesting. Nice. What's a TV series or movie that you really wish had a video game adaptation? Pat, answer a question. Well. <laughs> TV series or current or, or past? Anything. How about Bloodsport? Having <laughs> a video game. Yeah, that's we, what... We got that's... close to the best of the best. There was the Kumite mode in it. But... <laughs> yeah, uh, that would have been great.
1: Bloodsport, uh, Commando, I mean, these probably the, the would have been, I mean, been awful had they ever been made. But, I mean, a Bloodsport-licensed video game or a Commando-licensed video game probably would Not the Capric,
0: maybe the movie Commando. Yeah, I mean yeah, I mean the movie Commando.
1: That, those probably would have been at least amusing enough to play. Um, I think we had a question similar to this once before, though. And my answer is really, I wouldn't actively wish for anything to get a video game adaptation because you're usually asking for trouble but with something as cheesy as Bloodsport Commando, it could probably be in that it's so bad it's good category.
0: How about a My Two Dads platformer? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, At Mega5K, Megan. Megan's always around. Do you think that homebrew carts are helping or hurting the retro community? I don't see it damaging it. It's always good to, you know, it's another game. It's, you're not not hurting an existing company or, or license usually. Yeah, you know?
1: if you're talking actual
0: homebrew from scratch, from scratch,
1: no, I don't think so. I mean, for instance, I mean, take for example one of the giveaways from this past weekend, the Blade Buster cart. That was a homebrew game made by a team of developers who released it for free, and people started putting it on cartridges so you could play it on a physical system on your TV. There you go, beautiful. They didn't ask for any money, and as long as the people who are giving, like we gave that away, and I got it from my my buddy made it for me for free. As long as you're not. Profiting off of someone else's stuff—I don't really see that being an issue. And if you—and and if you do make the game and you produce your own run of carts and go sell it, it yeah. go for it. You're just—you're just, you're just keeping your system alive. S- you're
0: just scamming though because you can play for free online. Ian. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Oh I, I got an, I got, oh, I got an answer to the last question. Mask never had a video game. I don't think. I thought it did. What system? Was like Commodore's? I—I—I I, I never heard of it.
1: I thought it was Super. Maybe I'm wrong. No, but, no, no. Mask is only on to like eighty-six. Oh ma- Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. Sorry, I thought. You not, meant, not like- the movie mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that.
0: No, yeah. No, <laughs> no the no. Rocky Dennis. That's said no, that, no, 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 no. The cartoon mask. Mask is the mighty power that will save the day. De- okay, that's awful. Mask. At capped underscore chuckles. Have you or E and I haven't played Pokemon XY? If so, what do you think of it? Yeah, I
1: have. Um with the sale of the week before the marathon and then the marathon and all that, I haven't actually had much time. I only have two badges and, uh, <laughs> I even got to take home my copy a day early cause I work at a video game store. <clears throat> that never happened. Um, I mean, I mean, I looked at the cover a day early. Um, I just haven't had the time, but yes, I, I really like what I've seen. Some people are complaining that it's too easy. Um, I really like grinding. I feel like previous Pokemon games really satisfied my itch to grind, but I feel like for a lot of people, they didn't want to do that. So I feel like the fact that you can get a varied party early on, uh, the fact that you get EXP share early on, is probably a boon for a lot of people. Um, I like the way it looks, and I'm having a ton of fun with it, and I look forward to playing it more. Um, I definitely like it better than a lot of previous iterations.
0: Well, I didn't play X, Y, but I played the PETA version of Pokemon, which came out last week, and it was actually really funny. Very twisted, but really funny. If you can get past it all, open up and lock the prize, and you click on the video, you've seen all the animals getting killed in, you know, like, the slaughterhouses. That's fine. Anyway. I called
1: that, too. I, I looked at my, my co-worker before it came out, and I said, there's going to be a PETA version, and sure enough,
0: there was. It was, it was better well done than, than the Mario one from last year. Um, okay, this is from at pens underscore mini six six. I just bought the Calvin Hop set from your discussion. Oh, thank you. Do, you. do you think that Sony will list all of the PS1 library and PSN? Oh, don't know about all of it. They don't have to all of it. But the more pop ones, they probably would do like all the Metal Gears, I would think.
1: I See, I, I this is something I meant to touch on when uh, I believe it was um, Gigantor was, was talking. Um, the virtual console type stuff libraries in Japan are much huger. If you look at what the, what you can get for the PlayStation One to download on your PS3 in Japan, you can basically get everything. Like all of the all the Square Enix stuff is there. We got like half of it over here. So I don't know if it's because of licensing rights or how things are done differently, but um, that's already been in Japan. The PlayStation One library, for instance, is massive on the PS3. Hopefully, they will realize that there's a demand for that over here and do that. The work's already been done,
0: so they can just maybe they don't, yeah, they don't realize that there's any sort of clamoring for it. I don't know. They need to flip a switch, basically. Sure. Um, at WB Stillwell, this could go on forever, but may he'll refuse to answer, but this could be a whole topic. Ian, do you have any stories of awful and or dumb customers? Jesus, I do, but, um, <laughs> there's a quick one you can say It's like a minute long. No.
1: There was a woman once who threatened to kill me because she said that the copy of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that we sold her her Nintendo. <laughs> That's like the tip of the iceberg, man. I can't even get started on that. You want to know more about stories of customers? Visit San Diego. Come into the store. Tell me you listen to the podcast and ask me for stories, and I will tell you stories until you can't stand being around me
0: anymore. At link two, too, is the completely unnecessary podcast sponsored by Takate? No, but we should really, <laughs> we should really ask them. Why not? We should. So here's the thing about Takate. I, I feel like I should get this out there since it's been brought up.
1: It's not really my beer of choice. It's, it's cheap, right? It's what I usually drink is fairly expensive and fairly high in alcohol content, like seven to nine percent. Seventy nine percent. Seven to nine percent. Oh. <laughs> and I'm not going to crack something like that during a podcast. I just want be you know funny. something. I, I mostly use Tecate for making micheladas, which is mixed like Mexican beer with like tomato juice and stuff. And I discovered that, hey, it's not awful on its own for a cheap beer. It's it's.
0: It's totally decent. It's like Miller light. That
1: is my that is my endorsement to Miller Lite. Totally but decent for spin. a couple oh, well. bucks.
0: Yeah. That's what what is that? How many ounces is that? Is that a forty official? This is
1: this is not a forty, this is twenty four ounces. Oh, okay.
0: And I got three of them <laughs> at a hiked
1: up rate for seven dollars. This should really be a three pack of these should really be about Why'd you, five five fifty. Was it a
0: reseller? Is that why it was <laughs> it was, it was, it was myself. close to work. So yeah. convenience store. Just buy buy go to Costco, buy in bulk. Um at Ray underscore Volair, how do you feel about games being more casual than their retro counterparts? Example, Daggerfall to Skyrim. I've no idea about that series. Um I do. I, I'm not sure I, I
1: don't Is Skyrim casual? That's my pro- I don't I don't I don't necessarily agree with the, the comparison he's making. Daggerfall is huge. And Daggerfall is was pretty intense for its time, but there's a lot of things about Daggerfall that I'm glad we did away with. I mean, we don't need a world that big, full of towns that have two huts and no quests and no people. Like,
0: is that really what it was? It was like it was a much bigger world, but nothing
1: there. Yeah, there was a, there was a whole lot of nothing in a game like Daggerfall. So I don't know. I mean, yes, yeah, some some games as they go on get more casual than their previous counterparts, and that's sad. But I I don't know. I mean, it's. It's progress there are some games that stay just as
0: hardcore that's that's a really broad and wide open question okay and let's say our last question for this cu podcast this is from at retro Nobad 1988 ian by I'm a lot of questions what is by far the oddest thing you've, you've ever seen come into the store slash oddest transaction I, I I come
1: in once with what appeared to be urine-soaked pants and ask if we shot porn in the back, and I had to shoo him out of the store. That was within the first six months of me working at Luna. If Video you Games. shopped porn, if we shot porn in the back, oh, if you shot porn, it was just—I mean, dude, I get drunks all the time. That's the thing. Like, I—I I mean, I've worked—I've worked at Luna Video Games for seven years. Wait, did you say yes or tell yes or no? You didn't say. I, I told him no, and then I—I I told him to get the fuck out. I've worked there for seven years. You work in any place for seven years, you're going to have weird stories. You work any place in Ocean Beach or La Mesa in San Diego, you're going to have really weird stories. Um, Okay, no, here you go. Weirdest thing? Weirdest thing that ever happened to me? Pulled into work at La Mesa one morning. Flipped on the lights. Went to go unlock the door. Pulled back the curtain. There is a man in shorts and nothing else... (laughs) handcuffed against the wall, and there are bags of pills and other various substances on the ground, and the police were arresting a man on my door. And he kept yelling that he just wanted to play the arcade games. oh We called him DuPont, because he used to wear a... a, a, a he would wear a DuPont racing jacket. And, and if you're listening to this podcast, you can't see it, but... He would wear it like this. It was elasticy at the bottom. He, he and wore, there, would be nothing, up, there would be nothing. He would, no zipped shirt. Zipped up quarter way. No shirt. No shirt but a, but, a but quarter way zipped up. And he would reach in and pull things out of the jacket <laughs> like it was one big pocket. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he got arrested. He got arrested on my door one he morning. A,
0: he had a magic jacket. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: I was working with an employee who had only been there like a week or two. And I'm like, so welcome. <laughs>
0: welcome to Luna Video Games. All right. Well, that's the last question. So to recap... You know, I'm going through submissions for the punk effect. Hopefully everyone hears back by next week. At that point I have to redo the site in November. I will redo the website. The whole marathon thing, I always I always take for granted how much time that the NS marathon takes out of I me. Mean, not that it's not worth it, but it's just literally it's like three weeks where I just concentrate on just that. Especially, you know, catching up and hounding people for, for, for videos or sponsors and getting their money. Get your shit in on time. Yes, yes. I, I think I have to push the deadlines up like a week and a what half. What we
1: need to do is tell all sponsors that the marathon is actually happening a week before
0: it's actually I, happening. I think that's what we have to do. And then, um, yeah, uh, the marathon, we're going to rerun on Ustream. Just loop it. I, maybe Saturday we'll start at 12. Maybe I'll, I'll see if, how I get it. I, you, There's an option. I, I, that's why I love it. People are like, why do you use Ustream? Ustream's, the interface is great for the recording of the videos, for playing videos. I have no issue with it. The whole thing with Twitch versus Ustream is stupid. They're both the same thing, really. But anyway, that aside, so it's going to be there, or you can purchase individual parts on the website. So you know, the you know, the free option that'd be fun. You can sort of watch it as it happened, or you know, if you want to want to purchase it for ninety nine cents for, for two hours of, of 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 joy. It's actually three hours. They actually the recordings now are three hours. Three hours for ninety nine cents. That's nothing to me or to anyone. So anyway, so. That said, Ian's already took his piss this this episode, so he's not going to get up early this time. Whoa, 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 I might. <laughs> so, for Ian Ferguson on Pat Contry. I mean, Ferguson for Pat. And kick, kicking kicking the, the console there, we, what we call a console. We're going to see you in a couple of weeks. We'll see you on November 6th. And, uh, this, is, this has been your Completely Unnecessary Podcast. Have a good night, and I'm finally ending this somewhat properly.